You're listening to Talking Respect with Hannah Benani. This is episode 33 with leading criminal defence lawyer Chirag Patel. David Riley once said, The reality is, to succeed in law, you have to put your nose to the grindstone for a good few years and watch, learn, develop and grow. Jim Rohn once said, either you let the day run you or you run the day. On today's podcast, we have with us a former colleague of mine, Chirag Patel. Chirag has worked in both the public and the private criminal defence sector. He has a vast amount of experience in advocacy, case preparation, legal research, management and policy decisions. Chirag was promoted to partner within seven months of having set up an extradition department at Macmillan Williams Solicitors. And he created a brand new revenue stream and niche practice area for their business. Chirag has recently been ranked as a leading individual in Chambers and Partners UK Guide. He is a committee member of the Defence Extradition Lawyers Forum and he has an awful lot to share with us today. If you'd like to learn more about Chirag Patel and if you'd like to listen in to his life experience and how he got into criminal defence and how you can follow a similar path or decide on which area of law you'd like to practice in, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, Chirag. It's so good to have you on today. I'm really pleased to be speaking to you from the other side of the world. Um, let us know how you're getting on in Australia. Uh, and we'll just start by asking you a question about your background and how you started out your career in law. Sure. Thanks. Hi, Hannah. Um, great to connect with you. Um, and yes, I'm in Australia. Uh, currently, it's um, our evening time. So, um, yeah, I understand it's your morning time right now. Um, That's right, yeah. But, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so in, in relation to how I started um, my career in law, well, my background, uh, as you know, is I'm from the UK, born and raised in London, um, and I moved out to Australia just about three years ago. Um, I've been a criminal lawyer since 2003 um, in London, practicing in London until about 2019. Um, and then in 2020, I re trained, uh, re-qualified to become an, a dual Australian lawyer. Um, and so I've almost started again um, in some respects because I'm learning uh, the legal system here, um, which is quite an interesting uh, career change in some respects. Um, but I've still got uh, my UK hat on and I'm still doing a bit of work um, in the UK as well. That was brilliant. Wow. I think a lot of us had a, many changes during 2020. And yeah. one of them for me was starting the podcast. And so reconnecting with previous colleagues and, and friends has been amazing during yeah, this podcast. Yeah, it's awesome. I've been, I've been following um, your podcast and it's great. What a, what a great idea, Anna. Thank you, Chirag. So tell us, please, like, did you always set out to become a lawyer or did you have like you know, another path that you would have taken? Uh, well, I, I have, I pretty much did from a fairly early stage. I mean, I had 
uh, a thought many, many years ago as a kid, oh, I'd like to be an author and all these other romantic type of ideas. But um, eventually I settled on being a lawyer and uh, and that was pretty early on. And um, I've never looked back, really. Um, it was always something that I was keen on. Uh, and the more I explored it during my sort of later school years, the more it solidified my uh, uh, my resolve to to become a lawyer, and and, I, and that's the path I kind of embarked upon. As I know you from back when you were practicing in London, I know that you were massive, you know, successful lawyer in extradition law. Is that something that you're still practicing now in Australia, or have you switched to to another area? Um, here in Australia, it's not. There's not as much extradition uh, in the same way as there is in the UK. And as you know, my, my my background really stems from being a criminal defence lawyer. Um, so when I first started out uh, doing criminal law, when I was doing my training contract, I effectively found my niche. Then enjoyed it so much so that I thought, right, this is this is me. This is what makes me tick. And then I practiced uh crime criminal defense up until the point that um in about 2010 um i almost fell into a bit of extradition law if you remember our good old days of criminal defense solicitors in in the city um when yes, i used to go I, to westminster i recall very clearly yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah good old days when we worked hard and probably played even harder um but um yeah i fell into it then and um uh, and actually, I enjoyed that because that was a quasi-crime stroke civil uh, aspect where it effectively allowed me to try out a different area, but still having the criminal background. Um, and that's when I focused on that. I, I was still always practicing crime, uh, and that's always been, um, I guess, my bread and butter uh, in terms of the work I do, but it was nice to have developed uh, a niche in in the area area of extradition law, just purely because it it was new and upcoming at the time, and and still is in many respects. Um, and it was more enjoyable just to just to exercise the old grey matter um, in a different way compared to um, doing just the regular crime. But unfortunately, in in here in Australia, um, there, there isn't as much because uh there just isn't that, that that much in the way of extradition if if there are requests they're very very few and far between and generally any requests are state to state um and really there aren't the same arguments that you we would use in the UK for example uh let's say in a, a country from eastern europe whose prison conditions may not be quite to the standard for example, that we in the UK would expect, and you may argue some right, human rights arguments there. Um, that's not the same here in Australia because effectively within s- different states, for example, the prison regime is exactly the same or should be. Yeah, yeah, sure. I was yeah. just going to say that you, um, I recall very clearly you taking on some really big cases, um, you know, doing a lot of murder trials and, you know, back then... I, you know, I was yeah. aspiring. I was aspiring to to you because obviously you were much senior than I, and and so I'd learned quite a lot from you at the time that that I was practicing law in criminal defence. So, could you tell us 
what was the toughest case that you took on and what did you take away from the experience? Yeah, that's a really good question, Hannah. Um, there's probably, I, I'd probably struggle to pin it down to one particular case. Um, obviously, I'd uh, worked on murder cases, rape cases, terrorism cases. Um, I have to say probably one that really sticks out in my mind was an attempted murder case. Um, a few sort of misfit type street kids from East London were hanging around, hanging out in the park and having a drink. And um, all of a sudden, someone decided to pour lighter fluid over the victim and then set a light, set the guy alight. Um, and that's that was very difficult to deal with because this we were talking about a 19 year old, 18, 19 year old. Yeah. So very oh young. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously s- suffered severe, severe burns, thankfully survived, um, but was never going to be the same again, as you can imagine. That's just, I'm just talking about yeah, the physical aspect, you know, not to mm-hmm. mention the, uh, the, the, the emotional and, and, you know, probably the PTSD that, that this guy would have clearly suffered from afterwards as a consequence. Um, but that, that was one that kind of, um, rings pretty, you know, that, that, that kind of is probably up there as, as a tough case that having to deal with one of the um, defendants, one of the people that were accused of, of that. Um, so, yeah, that, 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 I mean, but there, there are many other cases um, which were tougher, maybe because the clients were a bit more difficult or um, the evidence uh, may have been different and um, lots of different uh, I guess uh, or varying aspects of what would be the toughest case but um, certainly that one um, is up there for sure. Yeah it's really graphical as well like as you're describing Mm. the the scene we kind of just you know get this image in our minds and it's wow and that's quite a tough case to deal with. (laughs) Maybe this should that that should have come with a warning so sorry. In your opinion what would be the advice that you would have for young people who are looking to become lawyers but are really unsure about their abilities to succeed you know given that if they're from a from a, a less advantaged background or yeah, from you know from a, from a family that don't have uh, professionals or, or lawyers working with them um well uh this the the advice is simple um don't uh don't doubt your own abilities. Um, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're from. It doesn't matter if you have lawyers in your family or no lawyers. I, I didn't know any lawyers in my family. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have anybody in that respect to mentor me. I just knew that I wanted to do something in the law. I wanted to help people, um, and uh, and I made it happen. Um, don't certainly don't doubt your abilities. Is the is the one piece of advice I would. I would give. Um, you've got to work hard, uh, as you know, Hannah. It's it, it's not plain sailing. It never, you know, uh, being a lawyer never has been and never will be. Um, yeah, Got to absolutely. study hard. Um, but um, don't be disheartened. I'd say to anyone who's looking to become a lawyer about, you know, if about you don't need to have gone to the top schools. You don't need to have gone to the top universities. Um, I mean, I certainly didn't, um, but 
here I am, you know, 20 odd years down the line doing what I love um, uh, and earning a living from it. So, you know, um, don't doubt your abilities is the message. Some excellent advice, Jurek. <laughs> Just what I'd expect from you. What, okay. um, what advice would you have for, for the younger persons who are now thinking, okay, I want to get into law, but I really don't have any idea which area to get into. What, what tips would you have for someone then? Yeah, and that, that's a really good question because a lot of people, and, and you'll probably remember this from our days where we'd have a number of university students who'd come and do, you know, a three-month stint with us and be unsure about whether they want to do a certain area of law. And obviously we practice you know, predominantly in criminal defense, plus I did the extradition work. But um, the advice I'd give is get out there and try and get as much experience as you can with law firms. It may well have to be unpaid work experience, but, you know, in your holidays, summer holidays, whatever, Christmas holidays, go out there, reach out to local law firms. You know, they don't have to be the big city magic circle firms. They can be your local high street person and uh, firm. And, you know, even if it's going in there to get some exposure, you'll get an idea um, quite quickly of, of an area of law and whether it's something that interests you or something that, you know, you, you couldn't think of anything worse. I mean, personally, as you know, Hannah, I, I, I've been very great. I've been very, I guess, blessed in many respects that I fell into crime because it was something that I was in, interested in anyway. I got my training contract in there and in that area and never looked back. But, um, I certainly couldn't do I couldn't do wheels and conveyancing. I, I couldn't think of anything worse. So um yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I agree. So um yeah. So my advice would be try and get out there and and get as much work experience, even if it is a week or two, even if it's unpaid. I know that can be difficult. Um, you know, when you're juggling other other finance financial commitments, etc. But do try and get out there also network and speak to other people who you may know somebody who's who knows a lawyer even if you don't know someone yourself there's always someone who knows of somebody and reach out to them the worst they can do is is say no the worst they can do is ignore you but you know best case scenario they say yeah come along shadow us for a week or two um and and hopefully um things will fall into place um you know it certainly did for me and and I've never looked back yeah I I think it's a great a great advice that you give there I myself I remember um sitting on the Princess Diana's inquest you know back years ago and and I thought well you know what I really like the main lawyer who was representing um the you know representing that case and Mm. I just I I approached him and I said you know can I just shadow you for a few days Michael Mansfield it were I think and I and he he agreed in the end he agreed it took me a few times to attempt but in the end he he said yes Um, well there you go if at first you fail then you know again keep keep going yeah and that and that and that's that's a that's a great piece of advice because um don't just take no or an a non-response is a complete no. Persevere because how amazing that experience must have been for you. 
Yeah, yeah, it was very insightful. Yeah. Um, so I have I one final imagine. question for you because I know it's quite late in the evening there where you're at. Um, yes. Whilst we're just starting out here in your London. <laughs> yeah. um, what advice would you give to the 16-year-old Chirag if it were your last day? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, yeah, 16-year-old me was not... Uh, yeah, well, I would advise, I'd say... Uh, study hard, um, work hard, and play hard. You know, it's not just about working all you know all hours that you're given, um, but make sure that you follow your dreams. Don't, as I was saying earlier, um, don't doubt your abilities. Uh, you don't need to have gone to the best school or the best universities. Um, but of course, you do need to study. So do study and give it. And really, I'd say try and approach it with a bit of maturity in that you're going to do it for a reason. Um, so if you're just going through the motions to get through university, then um, that's probably the wrong attitude. And, and actually, I wish I'd given that advice to myself, maybe not my 16 year old self, but my 18 year old self when I was in uni. Um enjoying life to the max um but actually you know um the studying aspect um is important because someone once many many years ago it was a friend's parent it was a friend's mum who said to me um you know you 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 you've got your education once you've got your education no one can take that from you people people can take your belongings they can you know take your life your liberty but no one can take your education away from you and that rang true with me when I was halfway through my university degree um so yeah that's probably the advice I'd give myself um, that was brilliant uh, brilliant excellent advice no problem at all honestly fantastic speaking to you and having you on and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are going to have you know some really helpful tips to pick out from from this podcast so thank you again no and thank you for having me on it's been great thank you for listening and i appreciate your time if you like what you've heard today then head over to apple spotify and leave a review with a comment if you'd like to learn more about Chirag Patel, then just head over to his LinkedIn profile page or you can head over to Taylor Rose LLP to discover more about him. Thank you again for listening. This is Talking Respect.